This is the Ramsey Call of the Day, part of the Ramsey Network. Joining me today is Ramsey personality, Ken Coleman. James is in Philadelphia. Hey, James, what's up? Hey, Dave. How's everything going? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Good, good. So, Dave, I'm a current third-year podiatric medical student. My wife and I, we're currently debt-free, and we have enough money to save for, or we have enough money saved that we can pay for the rest of my tuition. But now with the current politics and the environment that's going on with the student loans and what's going on with the federal government, we're now considering taking out a loan for almost 50K student loan and then using that money to invest, especially since there's zero interest on federal student loans. We would do that with the option to pay that right away off once the interest starts to accrue. Mm-hmm. And then once student debt forgiveness is officially off the table, do you think this is a smart decision in your eyes? So you're doing this in the hope that you don't have to repay it? Not necessarily. More or less, we would invest it while there is 0% interest accruing. Mm-hmm. But if the off chance that student debt does get forgiven, mm-hmm. we would basically just, I mean, save our back then. Because we would be a little bit disappointed if student loans were forgiven when we paid out of pocket all this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Well, a cu- couple of breakdowns in that um, where you and I are not aligned, and um, I'll walk through those with you because you called and asked us, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing is is um, I, I'm not aligned that we take out student loans with the hope that they are forgiven uh, because to me that's like taking money you weren't supposed to take because you didn't need it, and it's kind of like, I don't know, that, that feels like stealing to me, okay? Mm-hmm. I'll just say it out loud. And um, the second thing is borrowing money to invest at a greater interest rate than the money is costing you has not proven to be something we found in the data that causes people to become wealthy. So borrowing money to invest is not the normative way. It's statistically unusual as a way to build wealth. What I mean is, when we studied 10,167 millionaires, the number of millionaires that borrowed money to invest, called arbitrage or playing margin, or anytime you're borrowing money to invest, you could borrow money to buy real estate, uh, you're borrowing mm-hmm. money to invest, hoping that the investment is going to create a greater rate of return than the money costs you when you borrow it. The number of people that built wealth doing that was way less than 5% meaning that 96, 97% of the millionaires we interviewed did not use this process to become millionaires. Now, if I told you as a procedure in medical school that you had a 97% failure rate, you would avoid that procedure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because the data tells you that. The facts tell you that this methodology is not successful but 3 or 4% of the time. Um, and so you would avoid that methodology. And so I'm going to tell you not to borrow money. And so what I'm saying is what sounds smart on the surface has not proven out to be the typical way people build wealth because what you're leaving out of the equation is the risk situation. And you're adding stress. You're adding uh, risk. Anytime you borrow money, you add risk. The more money you borrow, the more risk you have. And that enters into the factor. It enters into relationships. It enters into uh, mental wellness. It enters into the uh, stress across the back of your neck. Uh, It enters into the stress around your heart. Um, 
It enters into the job you take because you're in debt or not in debt. I understand you have the money in the bank to pay it off. So your level of risk is relatively low compared to someone that's playing, you know, borrowing the money and going to Vegas and has a problem, right? I understand you're not doing that. I get that. And, and so I see the logic in, in how you got there. But um, I'm just telling you the procedure that you're using is not used normatively by people who get the result that you're looking for. I would also say that the logic is based on a hope and a wish, and I think it's just simply that. When I was growing up, Dave, you'll remember, I'm 47, so all the 40-somethings will remember this crazy giant chicken named foghorn leghorn he used to terrorize the bulldog in in that cartoon he would put a stake on the end of a fishing pole and he'd hold it out in front of that bulldog and make that bulldog just chase that stake chase that stake. you didn't know huh you didn't know that he's been canceled oh he has yeah the bulldog union oh is that right i didn't know this you're, oh, yeah, I thought you were serious for a second. I was like, did I really miss that? Because anything's possible. You just killed my metaphor. Here's the deal. Biden and the Democrats are dangling this policy out there. Yeah. And I'm just going to tell you, this isn't a political statement. Some of you will call it that. You can get over it later. But I'm telling you that they are dangling that as a possibility to garner votes. They have been in power before. They're they in power have, right now. They what are they in done, power what right done, now. What have they done to, you know, and they've they, never got, done. they got Congress, they got the Senate, they They're got the presidency. They're not going to do it. Here's why. Until, until October, they got all three. Yeah. If you want to pass a law, right now is the time to pass it. But they never have and they never will. Here's why. You go do the research yourself, folks. That's big money. Sally Mae, Freddie Mae, it is big money for the federal government. It has been since they started the student loan program way back in the late 50s, early 60s and replaced the Pell Grant. This is a big money play for the government. They're not going to forgive student loans ever and i just think that if that wasn't a potential you know kind of a a stake out there dangling in front of people uh then they wouldn't be thinking about this and i just got to tell you i don't i don't mean to be the bearer of bad news they're not going to do it they've had chances before this is not a new idea this is not a new concept this is recycled political jargon and uh i I wouldn't trust it for a second yeah well even if they do it's still not right to your point. Even if they do, I agree with that. St- I agree. I'm borrowing money it's so like that the stealing. government the government gives yeah. it. A, you know, it's like saying that's like uh, saying I'm unemployed when I'm not. Yeah. So that I get unemployment, or like saying I'm broke so I, t- I get my welfare check even though I'm making money on the table. Uh, all of those are theft. All of those are morally wrong, and um, so I wouldn't do it for those reasons. But thank you for the call and appreciate the discussion. It's very very good. Um, I'll add one thing to this whole discussion, because it sounds like we're somehow kind of uh, self-righteous NIMS or something. But again, data. Okay, The guy who wrote uh, Millionaire Next Door, Tom Stanley, was a friend of mine before he passed away. He wrote the book in 1992. He wrote a follow-up book later of on decamillionaires, people that had $10 million or more. He studied 38 characteristics. He was a statistician. That was his background, a marketing guy. And he studied 38 characteristics of the people that became decamillionaires. The most correlated of the different variables, married, race, profession, whatever, character qualities, the most correlated of all the 38 in all the decamillionaires, number one indicator you're going to be a decamillionaire was outlandish fanatical levels of integrity. You don't get that one very often. Thanks for tuning in to the Ramsey Call of the Day. To check out all of our podcasts, just search Ramsey Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.